This is Mitch Peterson, and you're listening to General Conference Applied. Thank you for joining me for Season 1, Episode 7. We will be discussing Elder David A. Bednar's April 2023 General Conference Address, which was entitled, Abide in Me and I in You, Therefore Walk With Me. We'll discuss the title of this talk, which is actually a scripture reference, But first, I wanted to report back on my action item from last week. At the conclusion of episode six, I committed to come eager to receive counsel from the Lord through prayer. Here is my report. I'll admit, this is kind of a a hard goal to measure, I guess. Not very measurable or, or such, but I did identify two ways that my prayers were better this week than they've been for a long time. So individually, I strived to observe this counsel from Elder, and this is actually from Elder Bednar's book, Increase in Learning, Spiritual Patterns for Obtaining Your Own Answers. In that book, Elder Bednar explains the importance of morning prayer, and then this is what he wrote, quote, Such a prayer is a key part of the spiritual preparation for our day. During the course of the day, we keep a prayer in our heart for continued assistance and guidance. At the end of our day, we kneel again and report back to our Father. Thus, our evening prayer builds upon and is a continuation of our morning prayer. And our evening prayer also is a preparation for meaningful morning prayer. I thought this concept was powerful. It's helping me to, instead of just praying morning and evening, making it a story, making it a conversation that I'm speaking with my Heavenly Father. I'm striving to remember Him and my Savior Jesus Christ throughout the day. And then prayer is is a time for me to pause, to put everything else on hold, to speak deeply with them, and then to listen for what they want to share with me. So that's what I did individually. And then as a family, I began to apply this counsel from Stephen and Sandra Covey. In season one, episode six, I had shared a different insight from a January 1976 Enzyme article entitled, Teaching Our Children to Pray. In that article, the Coveys stated, Often we go around the prayer circle and ask each family member if he has any special needs or blessings he would like to have remembered in the prayer. I thought this was an interesting insight, and so we've been doing this. So we'll go around the circle, whoever's turn it is to pray. Say it's my eight-year-old son. He'll ask his younger brother and younger sister, and then my wife and I, something that he can pray for specifically. And it's been good for us to get to know each other better. Obviously, we're around each other all the time, but it's interesting to learn what someone wants someone to pray for them for. And so we're going to continue to do that. Just It's been a fantastic opportunity for us. All right. To begin, I want to share a quote from a book. This book was entitled Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us, and the author was Daniel H. Pink. 
Here's the quote. In 1962, Claire Booth Luce, one of the first women to serve in the U.S. Congress, offered some advice to President John F. Kennedy. A great man, she told him, is a sentence. Abraham Lincoln's sentence was, he preserved the Union and freed the slaves. Franklin Roosevelt's was, he lifted us out of a Great Depression and helped us win a world war. Luce feared that Kennedy's attention was so splintered among different priorities that his sentence risked becoming a muddled paragraph. Pink continues, you don't have to be a president of the United States or of your local gardening club to learn from this tale. One way to orient your life toward greater purpose is to think about your sentence. Maybe it's, he raised four kids who became happy and healthy adults, or she invented a device that made people's lives easier, or he cared for every person who walked into his office regardless of whether that person could pay, or she taught two generations of children how to read. As you contemplate your purpose, begin with the big question, what's your sentence? And that's the end of the quote. So as we begin this podcast episode, I would ask you the same question. What's your sentence? When the history of the world is written, what will be the one sentence that, that, that defines you? All right. In each episode of General Conference Applied, we are attempting to answer two questions. First, what is the speaker inviting me to do? And second, how might I consider taking action? Let's dive into that first question. What is the speaker inviting me to do? Earlier, I, I indicated that Elder Bednar's talk, the title was taken from a scripture. That scripture, that verse of scripture was Moses chapter 6, verse 34. And they are words spoken by Jehovah to the prophet Enoch. I want you to consider this idea. Without modern scripture, all we would know about Enoch was the information in Genesis chapter 5, verses 18 through 24. We would know that Jared was Enoch's father, that Methuselah was Enoch's son, that Enoch lived 365 years, and then this is his one sentence, and this is the tie-in to that quote that I shared earlier. Quote, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Thankfully for, for us, because of modern scripture, we can instead share this sentence for Enoch. Enoch abode in Christ, and Christ abode in Enoch. Therefore, Enoch walked with Christ. Also, I wanted to throw a plug in there for the Choosing Glory podcast. In this week's episode, Lily Anderson shared an idea that we could view each general conference address as aids to building Zion. I thought this was an interesting idea, especially since we're talking about Enoch, who was the original inhabitant of the city of Zion. So there are obviously three parts to the title of this talk. Abide in me, I in you, 
therefore walk with me. And Elder Bednar structures his talk in three sections focusing on each of these. So let's follow that structure to try and determine what Elder Bednar is inviting us to do. As you're aware, in each of these episodes, I go through the conference talk and I pull out directives or invitations. Sometimes the speaker makes it very easy for us, as in this case, where they will say, I invite you to do something. Other times it's more a directive where they indicate something we might consider doing. But this talk was what I found was one invitation. These are Elder Bednar's words. I briefly have described several of the many ways we can abide in the Savior, and I now invite each of us as his disciples to ask, seek, knock, and learn for ourselves by the power of the Holy Ghost other meaningful ways we can make Christ the center of our lives in all that we do. Now, I've obviously jumped the gun a little bit because there was material before this, right? If Elder Bednar is saying, I've briefly described several of the many ways, and we're going to dive into that right now. But this is the invitation. He explained ways that we can abide in the Savior, and now he's inviting us to determine other ways for ourselves. I also thought this was interesting, where Elder Bednar just gave us his definition of abiding in the Savior. He says, I've described many ways we can abide in the Savior. I invite you to find other meaningful ways we can make Christ the center, of, the center of our lives in all that we do. So to Elder Bednar, abiding in the Savior means to make Christ the center of our lives in all that we do. So let's consider that as we dive into this section, abide in me. Elder Bednar stated, the Lord Jesus Christ extends to each of us the invitation to abide in him. But how do we actually learn and come to abide in him? So then Elder Bednar gives six examples. Here they are. First, we abide in Christ as we are firm and steadfast in our devotion to the Redeemer and his holy purposes in times both good and bad. Second, we begin to abide in the Lord by exercising our moral agency to take upon ourselves his yoke through the covenants and ordinances of the restored gospel. Third, we abide in him by striving continually to strengthen our individual covenant bond with the Father and the Son. For example, praying sincerely to the Eternal Father in the name of his beloved Son deepens and fortifies our covenant connection with them. Fourth, we abide in him by truly feasting upon the words of Christ. Fifth, we abide in him by preparing earnestly to participate in the ordinance of the sacrament, reviewing and reflecting on our covenant promises, and repenting sincerely. Worthily partaking of the sacrament is a witness to God that we are willing to take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ and strive to always remember him, after the brief period of time required to participate in that sacred ordinance. And sixth, and we abide in him by serving God, 
as we serve his children and minister to our brothers and sisters. So obviously, Elder Bednar has given us six examples of what it means to abide in the Savior. And then his invitation is to ask, seek, and knock to come up with other examples of how we can come to abide in the Savior. This word abide is interesting. And Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, in an April 2004 General Conference address entitled Abide in Me, had an interesting take on that phrase, uh, on that uh, term, abide. And at the time, Elder Holland and his wife were serving in, in Chile. This is the quote from that conference address. Abide in me is an understandable and beautiful enough concept in the elegant English of the King James Bible. But abide is not a word we use much anymore. So I gained even more appreciation for this admonition from the Lord when I was introduced to the translation of this passage in another language. In Spanish, that familiar phrase is rendered, permanecer en mí. Like the English verb abide, permanecer means to remain, to stay. But even gringos like me can hear the root cognate there of permanence. The sense of this then is stay, but stay forever. That is the call of the gospel message to Chileans and everyone else in the world. Come, but come to remain. Come with conviction and endurance. Come permanently for your sake and the sake of all the generations who must follow you. And we will help each other be strong to the very end. He continues, Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. I testify that that is God's truth. Christ is everything to us, and we are to abide in him permanently, unyieldingly, steadfastly, forever. For the fruit of the gospel to blossom and bless our lives, we must be firmly attached to him, the Savior of us all, and to this his church, which bears his holy name. He is the vine that is our true source of strength and the only source of eternal life. In him we not only will endure, but also will prevail and triumph in this holy cause that will never fail us. End quote. I've made a commitment to remain an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to my dying day. Well, actually after that. I will always be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. No matter what happens in my life, I will remain firm and steadfast on the covenant path. That's something I have committed to. I don't need to go elsewhere to find peace. I find peace. I receive answers here in the Lord's Church. I love that concept of permanence. Abide in the Savior permanently. I also wanted to share a quote from a December 1988 Enzyme article entitled, Jesus Christ, Gifts and Expectations. The writer of this message was President Ezra Taft Benson, who was the president of the church at that time. In that article, he stated, 
men and women who turn their lives over to God will discover that he can make a lot more out of their lives than they can. He will deepen their joys, expand their vision, quicken their minds, strengthen their muscles, lift their spirits, multiply their blessings, increase their opportunities, comfort their souls, raise up friends and pour out peace. Whoever will lose his life in the service of God will find eternal life. End quote. Let's move on to this next section. So we've been discussing abide in me. Now we're going to focus on and I in you. Elder Bednar stated, Is it indeed possible for Christ to abide in you and me, individually and personally? The answer to this question is a resounding yes. Elder Bednar's April 2022 General Conference Address was entitled, But We Heeded Them Not. In that talk, Elder Bednar explained how one of the Savior's names is the Word, and that's referenced in, in the Bible, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. In this talk, the April 2023 talk that we're discussing, Elder Bednar shares how the prophet Alma in the Book of Mormon invited the Zoramites to plant the word in their hearts. You may recall that, that concept. This is in Alma 32:28. It states, now we will compare the word unto a seed. Now remember, Elder Bednar stated that one of the Savior's names is the word. So it can also mean the word of God, the scriptures which he discussed in, in that April 2022 General Conference Address as well. But for our purposes right now, I want you to think that the Word is the Savior. Okay? So Alma stated, now we will compare the Word unto a seed. Now, if ye give place that a seed may be planted in your heart, behold, if it be a true seed or a good seed, if ye do not cast it out by your unbelief, that you will resist the Spirit of the Lord. Behold, it will begin to swell within your breasts. And when you fill these swelling motions, you will begin to say within yourselves, It must needs be that this is a good seed, or that the word is good, for it beginneth to enlarge my soul, yea, it beginneth to enlighten my understanding, yea, it beginneth to be delicious to me. Elder Bednar then shared this commentary. Quote, the seed we should strive to plant in our hearts is the word, even the life, mission, and doctrine of Jesus Christ. And as the word is nourished by faith, it can become a tree springing up in us unto everlasting life. What was the symbolism, symbolism of the tree in Lehi's vision? The tree can be considered as a representation of Jesus Christ. End quote. I'm not going to reference it during this podcast episode. I've got, as I failed to mention, but I do have detailed show notes with links, quotes, everything that I'm sharing here, but also I've segmented the talk into promises, invitations, what I identified to be the most important quote, powerful stories, so you can reference those show notes as well. That There will be a link in the podcast show notes. 
But so I'm not going to reference that here, but in his talk, this is footnote 18, Elder Bednar had an interesting quote from a seminar with mission leaders that, that he had delivered, I believe it was 2017, where he kind of talks more about this concept that we're planting the Savior's life and mission in our hearts. Okay, so I would encourage you to kind of go out there and, and read that for yourself. But after sharing this commentary, Elder Bednar shared five powerful questions for reflection. I'll share these with you now and would encourage you to reflect upon them perhaps this week. Maybe even you could journal about this. So these are the questions. First, my beloved brothers and sisters, is the word capital, capital word, in us? Second, are the truths of the Savior's gospel written in the fleshy tables of our hearts? Third, are we coming unto and gradually becoming more like him? Fourth, is the tree of Christ growing in us? And fifth, are we striving to become new creatures in him? Only we can answer these questions for ourselves. Let's move on to the third section. Therefore, walk with me. Elder Bednar stated, Walking in and with the Savior highlights two vital aspects of discipleship. One, obeying God's commandments. And two, remembering and honoring the sacred covenants that connect us to the Father and the Son. Let me share a quote from, but we heeded them not. So this is the April 2022 General Conference address of Elder Bednar's that I referenced earlier. That, And I think this quote can help us better understand the power that comes from walking with the Savior. Quote, As we honor the conditions of sacred covenants and ordinances, we gradually and incrementally are drawn closer to him and experience the impact of his divinity and living reality in our lives. Jesus then becomes much more than the central character in scripture stories. His example and teachings influence our every desire, thought, and action. Elder Bednar continues, I frankly do not have the ability to describe adequately the precise nature and power of our covenant connection with the resurrected and living Son of God. But I witness that the connections with Him and Heavenly Father are real and are the ultimate sources of assurance, peace, joy, and the spiritual strength that enable us to fear not, though the enemy deride. As covenant-making and covenant-keeping disciples of Jesus Christ, we can be blessed to take courage, for the Lord is on our side, and pay no attention to evil influences and secular scoffing, end quote. Obviously, there is an enemy of our souls who does not want us to walk with our Savior Jesus Christ. We learn in sacred places that Satan cannot abide the presence of our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The more we invite them 
and their presence into our lives, the less presence Lucifer has in our lives. This, to me, this walking with the Savior reminded me of a memorable general conference address. This was October 2021. The talk was entitled Daily Restoration. It was Elder Dieter F. Hoopdorf. In that talk, he shared a study where individuals were in a forest and they were supposed to walk in a straight line. And this is kind of what Elder Uchtdorf shared in that talk. Quote, There is an oft-repeated theory that people who are lost walk in circles. Not long ago, scientists at the Max Planck Institute for Biological Cybernetics tested that theory. They took participants to a thick forest and gave them simple instructions. Walk in a straight line. There were no visible landmarks. The test subjects had to rely solely on their sense of direction. How do you think they did? The scientists concluded, people really do walk in circles when they do not have reliable cues to their walking direction. When questioned afterwards, some participants self-confidently claimed that they had not deviated in the slightest. Despite their high confidence, GPS data showed that they walked in loops as tight as 20 meters in diameter. Why do we have such a hard time walking in a straight line? Some researchers hypothesize that small, seemingly insignificant deviations in terrain make the difference. Others have pointed to the fact that we all have one leg that is slightly stronger than the other. More likely, however, we struggle to walk straight ahead because of an increasing uncertainty about where straight ahead is. Whatever the cause, it is human nature. Without reliable landmarks, we drift off course." End quote. It was interesting in the footnotes to this general conference address, and I had missed this the first time through, but this week as I was studying that talk, in the footnotes, Elder Uchtdorf shared that when, during some of these studies, it was on a cloudy day, but obviously when the sun was out, it was easier for individuals to walk in a straight line. I don't think they were still you know, straight as an arrow, but this, this just reminds me in, in his classic symbolism that the sun, S-U-N, and the sun, S-O-N, are our landmark, right? That as we follow and do what Jesus Christ did, there's power in that. We can overcome the world. As I finished reading that quote, this quote from Elder or from President Russell M. Nelson's October 2022 General Conference Address, Overcome the World and Find Rest, came to mind. President Nelson stated, I grieve for those who leave the church because they feel membership requires too much of them. They have not yet discovered that making and keeping covenants actually makes life easier. Each person who makes covenants in baptismal fonts and in temples and keeps them has increased access to the power of Jesus Christ. Please ponder that stunning truth. The reward for keeping covenants with God is heavenly power, power that strengthens us to withstand our trials, temptations, and heartaches better. This power eases our way, 
those who live the higher laws of Jesus Christ have access to his higher power. Thus, covenant keepers are entitled to a special kind of rest that comes to them through their covenantal relationship with God. End quote. Okay, so as a reminder, the two questions that we're focused on. The first, what is the speaker inviting me to do? We've established that this talk is instructing us of how we can abide in the Savior, how he abides in us, and how we can walk with him. Now, the second question that we'll consider briefly, how might I consider taking action? Once again, here's that invitation from Elder Bednar. I briefly have described several of the many ways we can abide in the Savior, and I now invite each of us as his disciples to ask, seek, knock, and learn for ourselves by the power of the Holy Ghost other meaningful ways we can make Christ the center of our lives and all that we do. As a reminder, in, in General Conference Applied Season 1, Episode 6, we discussed Elder Bednar's explanation of doctrines, principles, and applications. And so rather than making this invitation from Elder Bednar just one more thing to do, an, an application, I was thinking, how could I connect this invitation to the bigger, pic the bigger picture? So let me share a couple of ideas that came to mind. Perhaps we could focus on the promises that Elder Bednar shared in his message. He shared six promises that I identified and I've shared in the show notes. What can you learn from that? For example, one of the promises is that as we walk in and with the Savior, quote, we will be blessed to bring forth much fruit, end quote. What might this look like in your life? Another idea and we've been discussing this for the past few weeks, but we could focus on Christ-like attributes. So here are a few questions from the attribute activity in Preach My Gospel chapter six that are applicable to this message. Quote, I trust the Savior enough to accept his will and do what he asks. That was under the attribute of faith. Or, I do not lower my standards or behavior so I can impress or be accepted by others. That was under the integrity attribute. Or, I strive to live in accordance with the laws and principles of the gospel. And that was under the obedience attribute. And so maybe it's you want to focus on integrity. You want to be known as someone of high integrity, just like our Savior Jesus Christ. And so you could, as you take action on this invitation from Elder Bednar, establishing ways that you can make the Savior center of your life, maybe focus on integrity. What, what might that look like? Perhaps each time you're going to commit a sin knowingly or tell a lie, you'll instead think of the Savior. What would he do? There, there are so many ways that we can interpret this invitation personally. Okay. So my action item that I will take, take action on this week is I will ask, 
seek, knock, and learn for myself, by the power of the Holy Ghost, other meaningful ways I can make Christ the center of my life and all that I do. My goal is to come up with five other meaningful ways, and I will report these to my wife. She's my accountability partner. If you do something similar, if you take action on this invitation from Elder Bednar this week, would you mind sharing with me? Obviously, if, if something's very personal, you don't need to share that. But if, if there's something you would be willing to share with me, these other meaningful ways that you come up with, would you? You could text me, message me on Facebook or Instagram. I'd like to put together kind of a list. And, and this is where this becomes more powerful, where originally you would just receive an invitation from a general conference speaker. You would take action on it. You might report it to an accountability partner like we've been discussing. But there's also going to be power as this is a group effort. As the dozens of people who are going to listen to this episode can come together and we can determine ideas. So if you wouldn't mind doing that and, and allowing me to share, that would be fantastic. I look forward to, to hearing from you. I also want to say something about accountability partners. A couple of episodes ago, I invited you to enlist the, the help of an accountability partner and that if you couldn't find anyone to enlist my help. I actually had someone do that. And this individual and I text back and forth once a day and just report on what we're studying. And it's been fascinating to learn the insights that this individual is obtaining. And it's also holding me accountable to strive to study something and develop an insight each day as well. And I found myself drawing closer to my Savior Jesus Christ doing that. And so maybe that's already one of my other meaningful ways of making Christ the center of my life. But once, once again, and, and I've shared this in past episodes, but when we measure something, it improves. But when we measure it and report it, it, it improves exponentially. And I would invite you to do something, to do anything, but to start, just do one thing. Determine one thing that you can do this week. Let me conclude this episode. The most powerful quote I identified in this talk states the following. Some church members accept as true the doctrine, principles, and testimonies proclaimed repeatedly from this pulpit in the conference center and in local congregations around the world, and yet may struggle to believe these eternal truths apply specifically in their lives and to their circumstances. They believe sincerely and serve dutifully but their covenant connection with the Father and His redeeming Son has not yet become a living and transforming reality in their lives. Elder Bednar continues, I promise that by the power of the Holy Ghost, you can know and feel the gospel truths I have attempted to, to describe are for you, for you individually and personally, end quote. I echo that testimony. No matter what you've experienced, no matter how unimportant 
insignificant, forgotten you may feel, I testify that our Savior Jesus Christ is aware of you. I'm using words like know and testify. Why? Because I've experienced that. When I felt alone, insignificant, forgotten, unimportant, I've been visited by the Holy Ghost. That's just part of this mortal experience to feel like that at times. Our Savior Jesus Christ even experienced that on the cross when, for a time, the Holy Ghost left him so that he could know exactly how we feel when we sin and distance the Holy Ghost from us. But I testify that our Savior Jesus Christ is real. He's real. He can come to us in our time of need. He can abide in us and we can abide in him. As we strive to follow his example, we can walk with him. To conclude, let me leave you with a thoughtful insight from Elder Garrett W. Gong's October 2021 General Conference Address, and this was entitled, Trust Again. Elder Gong stated, The Apostle Paul asks, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He answers, Neither death, nor life, nor height, nor depth shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But then Elder Gong states, Yet, there is someone who can separate us from God and Jesus Christ. And that someone is us, ourselves. As Isaiah says, your sins have hid his face from you. By divine love and divine law, we are responsible for our choices and their consequences. But our Savior's atoning love is infinite and eternal. When we are ready to come home, even when we are yet a great way off, God is ready with great compassion to welcome us, joyfully offering the best he has. End quote. I testify that these things are true that I've shared this evening. I testify that Elder David A. Bednar is a prophet, seer, and revelator. I sustain him as an apostle. I'm grateful for what I learned this week, taking a deep dive into this message. Most of all, I testify that our Savior Jesus Christ is real, that he loves each one of us, and that he can abide in us. And I share that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I look forward to speaking with you next week. Have a great week.